Welcome to the Living on Purpose podcast. I am your host, Maudie Wollner, a multiple business owner, life coach, busy mom of three, and curious student of life. This podcast is a place for inspired women to gather. Each week, I will share personal stories, quick inspo, strategies that you can implement right away, and engage in real conversations with badass women who have made the conscious decision to live a life on purpose one that they have intentionally designed and that they now demand. No more allowing our lives to be defined by everyone else. No more putting ourselves on the back burner. No more living in a state of default and never going after our goals or our dreams. We are gonna live our best lives on our terms. Living on purpose is our goal and we're gonna get after it starting right now. Welcome back to the Living on Purpose podcast. Yes, I have the biggest surprise for you. I have Rachel Linden on the show today. And Rachel is an author, and I cannot wait to introduce her to you because she has a new book coming out. I just devoured one of her other books. And this is a special treat because what Rachel talks about in her books through these stories is what this podcast is all about. I I think it was meant to happen, meant to be. Uh, And so without further ado, Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Oh, Madi, thank you for having me. It is such a pleasure to be here. And I'm so excited because I feel like the heartbeat of this podcast is my heartbeat as well. So we have lots in common and lots to talk about. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Okay, well, why don't we just dive in and you just give us a brief introduction. Tell us who Rachel is. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I was raised in the Midwest and then married a Pacific Northwest boy. So I now live on this little sweet dot of an island in the Pacific Northwest outside of Seattle. And I'm a mom to two littles and we just got a puppy this year. So it's a busy household. And since I was a small child, I've wanted to write books, but I also have always wanted to do international relief work. And so I did a number of years overseas and um, have traveled to about 50 countries And those have provided amazing, um, I say grist for my story mill, lots of inspiration for stories. So I always try to put places that I have been in these stories. And then about nine years ago, I decided to try to start writing professionally. And I submitted my first novel, having no idea what a long and complicated process, but incredibly richly rewarding process it is. So now I am an author who lives on a small island. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have so, I have so many questions. So did you go to college? Did you go to school? I did. I did. And then I went to graduate school and that's where I met my husband and went on this whirlwind life of international work in former communist Europe, mostly. Oh my God. How long were you abroad? Uh, seven years. I had both my kids there in Budapest and it was really fun. You did seven years. And so then can I ask what you graduated, what you studied in school? Oh, yeah. So in school, I, I was this funny combination. So I studied English and creative writing in undergraduate. And then for my graduate degree, I got a degree in international, basically international studies. Oh, so I was working for not, I have faith-based not-for-profit in Eastern and Central Europe. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. And then you became a professional artist, you said, nine years ago. Author. Yep. Author. So, Sorry. Yeah. I'm a terrible artist. My <laughs> sister got all of those genes. 
I spent an entire day making a watercolor and everybody thought it was a tree, but it was a cliff. So uh-huh, I, uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll stick to the books. <laughs> well, you're a, yeah, you're an amazing, amazing author. So oh, thank you. So you said you wanted to start writing stories at a young girl. Can you tell us about your story into your stories? Yes. Oh, so I have been a storyteller since I had words. My mom actually has old cassette recordings of me at two or three telling these long involved convoluted stories in this little tiny lispy voice. And so I wrote my first book as soon as I could write. I would think I was six or seven and it was called beans with an exclamation point, like the vegetable beans, which is oh. like the, the least interesting subject matter for a book ever. But the and, exclamation point makes it exciting. I was really excited. <laughs> it was my favorite vegetable. And I talked about what kind of beans oh. you could eat and the different colors they came in. We were growing a lot of beans in the garden. So I had a lot of inspiration for that. And then I, I bound it in cereal boxes, like Cheerios boxes. And my mom still has it. And it's just really, the illustrations are terrible because even at that point I was not <laughs> destined for the art world, but I just started writing stories from the age of six. And I was always writing a story since then all the way through. So even though I started this professionally nine years ago, I was always working on a story. Yeah. Since I could hold a pencil basically. Oh my God. Okay. What? What I have to say, I'm going to get back to the book in a minute, but I I read a lot of books, as I mentioned before we started uh, recording. I have limited myself to one book a week. That's that's (laughs) hard to do. That is self-control, Maddie. Yes, I know. I know. And so being so excited about reading, I rarely read a note from the author or the author's note. And I have to say, your book had me in tears throughout, you know, joyful tears, sad tears, all, all the things, all the emotions that I crave out of a book, but I've never read an author's note and felt the same tears, which was really Mm -hmm. moving to me. And, and so as soon as I read that, I thought, oh my God, I got to reach out to this brilliant woman because we're, we're so aligned. And I have so many questions. I have more questions about the note that you left us. Ooh. And Yeah. So part of, part of what you said was in your author's note, you said part of you always long to write stories. I struggled for years, believing that writing novels was not enough, important enough, or sacrificial enough to be part of my life's purpose. Can you tell us about that? And then what changed? Mm, That is, yes, that is a big part of this. And actually that author's note and that my own journey in that is the journey that Mia in the story goes on. And the whole purpose of the book is about finding our own sweet spot in life. And what does that mean? And so, yeah, I always wanted to do writing. I also wanted to do international aid work. And it always felt to me like international aid work was the important thing. And writing was the kind of fun thing that I secretly adored doing, but it couldn't possibly be as important as working in a refugee camp. And so it took me a lot of years to come to grips with the fact that the way we interact positively with the world, what we give the world will look, it's incredibly individual. Every person has something good to give to the world. And it really is about finding your own sweet spot. And so if you're trying to emulate someone else, like we just watched um, Home on Apple TV. It's this wonderful the show about architecture and how it changes communities. And they did an amazing one on 3D printed homes that make communities for homeless families in Mexico. By the end, my husband and I were both sobbing. And I was like, why am I an author of women's fiction? We should be in Mexico making homes. 
things. <laughs> and it was deeply moving to see what people are doing that are they're transforming the world in this beautiful way. And I had to keep reminding myself, and this was last month, that no, I am completely unqualified, nor am I actually interested in 3D printing, but I am qualified and interested in writing stories, hoping that they bring a little glimmer of light. And so it was a journey to, to allow myself to kind of embrace who I am and what I love and say, you know what, this too can be important and this too can change the world. And uh, it possibly to me doesn't look as important as, you know, someone like serving in a refugee camp as a medical doctor, which is sort of touched on in the enlightenment of bees, but it is what I have. It's what I have in my hands to give the world. And I don't have the qualifications or the interest to be a medical doctor, but I do have the interest to write stories. Absolutely. So can you offer any, so if someone's listening, myself included, and we hear that, that beautiful story, that beautiful journey from what I think is important based on uh, the world, people's view of importance versus what I can bring to this world. And, and how can that be just as quote unquote important as Mm -hmm. say, whatever you were comparing it to, do you have tips for our listeners on how to how to channel that, how to find that, how to tap into that. How did you do it? I think, I think one of the interesting things is to ask yourself, if you're looking for your sweet spot in life, ask yourself, what did you naturally gravitate to as a child? Because often the things that we played as a child, a lot of times, the things that we spent a lot of our childhood time doing that we naturally enjoyed, those are, those are actually inherent things that we love that are in us and our gifts. And so that's often interesting to ask to ask yourself, what did you play as a child? What did you do? And how is that playing out in your life now? And I think if you have something, even like if you like to knit, if you like to bake, if you like to grow flowers. So I have a friend who loves to garden and she has this gorgeous flower garden and she collects vases and then she takes them to all kinds of frontline workers and librarians and people in the service industry, people who are serving people all the time, but often get overlooked. And that is the way that she brings joy to the world. That's her sweet spot is to just bless people by bringing them a fresh bouquet of dahlias and saying, Hey, I see you. I appreciate what you're doing. And so, you know, on the surface, we can look at something like having a beautiful flower garden and say, okay, how is that going to change the world? But she actually has taken what she loves and she's changing the world in this really beautiful, sweet way that is blessing people every day. And so I think I I have yet to hear someone say, I'm super passionate about da 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 Mm -hmm. and, and me or them not figure out a way that it can somehow bless the world. I think anything you're passionate about can be used for good. Absolutely. I talked a lot about like the ripple effects of of living into our purpose. It's like, you know, if you drop a pebble into a lake, the ripple effects is, is giant, is huge. And you can, we can cause massive shifts and ripple effects, which is one little pebble, which may seem insignificant in the moment, but, but creates a wave of joy, a wave of hope, a wave of happiness, whatever it is that you're going to bring. And so I love your outlook that it doesn't, it, it can start with just what you're doing right now. It doesn't have to be this big, huge thing that you have to create. You don't have to go to Mexico to build 3D homes. Mm-hmm. You, you get to let other people live into those gifts yes. and you get to bring yours. To yep. you, you do the thing that you have in your hands that brings you joy. And you think about how you can bring joy to others through that. 
And that is really your part to play because we all have a part to play and we can't all play the same part. And we are not all going to be Mother Teresa in Calcutta, you know, serving. Some of us will be, and that is phenomenal and amazing. But some of us will be doing other things that are exactly what we should be doing, living into our purpose. And that's our place in the world that we're supposed to fill and the things that we're supposed to give. And so I think it's really counterproductive to look at other people and think, okay, how can I give as much as they're giving? Because we're not supposed to be giving what they're giving. We are supposed to be doing and giving what we have inside of ourselves to do and to give. And what a relief. Like that that feels like a weight lifted off our shoulders. Like what if we could just, yeah, live into our gifts, focus on what we're already good at, what already brings us joy and then spread that versus trying to fit ourselves into whatever box the world is expecting of us. Absolutely. I was talking. So I, every day I sit down and start to write a story. It feels like I'm eating cake. That's how much I enjoy my job. I just feel like I get to sit down and eat cake. I have through the roof job satisfaction because I absolutely love what I do. And I was talking to a a guy I met recently, a a boyfriend of a friend, and um, he is a structural engineer focusing on soil. Like he works structural engineer on dirt which frankly to me sounds like it would be the most boring job on earth. Uh-huh. And I love to ask people if they enjoy what they do. And so I asked him that question fully expecting he'd be like, well, no, but somebody has to do it. His eyes lit up. He got super passionate. He was like, oh my gosh, I love it. And his girlfriend was like, be careful. He can talk about dirt for hours. He's so passionate about this. And I was so thrilled and blessed by that, by his response, because he's doing the thing that he's meant to do and he's passionate about it and he's full of joy about being a structural engineer dealing with soil. And I would be terrible at that. I'm terrible at math and also not super interested in dirt. And he is. And so it's a blessing to me to see him kind of living into his purpose and going, and I get to go and write stories, which is yeah. living into mine. And I think, uh, you know, I hear a couple different things with that is I think when we become confident and comfortable living into whatever it is we were here to do, all of a sudden the jealousy or envy of watching someone else do their thing, kind of, we can, we can be so proud of them and so happy for them. When you hear this joy, I am a life coach. And so one of the things that lights me up is just sitting and having these kind of dialogues and these kind of conversations. And Mm -hmm. I love it when someone starts a sentence with, I've always wanted to, because I feel like that's where like, like my heart just bursts open, ready to, ready to hear Mm -hmm. and just receive Mm -hmm. whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And I also, so I'm getting ready to launch a mastermind. And one of the things that we're going to do is explore our, our big dreams and big goals. And I recently post a survey on Instagram. And one of the questions, you know, like, do you crave travel? Do you want to pay off debt? Do you want, and one of the things I asked is, do you want to quit your job? And I got a hundred percent. Yes. <gasps> well, like 90, you know, like, a, and that to your point, I think what you're saying is terrifying. It's terrifying to those who found themselves maybe as a dirt structural engineer and hate it, or maybe found mm-hmm. themselves as a nurse and hate it or an attorney mm-hmm. and hate it. You may not have an answer to this question, but do you have any thoughts for the women who are listening, who are sitting in the thing that they're not meant to do? They're sitting in the thing that they hate. Yeah. I have. So when my husband was deciding if he was going to propose, he called his dad, or I guess he was deciding if he was going to ask me out for the first time. He called his dad 
And his dad gave him this piece of advice, which we later found was actually a motivational poster that he was reading at the time, which is like maybe the only <laughs> time on earth a motivational poster has changed someone's life. But his dad just said, hey, don't die wondering. <sighs> and that changed the course of our relationship. And I think, I think for people who are sitting in something that is safe, but they hate, and it's scary to think about something new. I mean, there are lots of reasons to stay in something, security and fear, but I think I don't, I don't want to die wondering, and I don't want other people to die wondering what could have been if they had done something that was more fulfilling. And life is pretty short, and we spend a lot of hours at work, and it's really sad if, um, if you have to spend a lot of hours doing something you dislike. Absolutely. So, and sometimes those things are just what we have to do in seasons of mm -hmm. life, mm -hmm. but I would love to know that people are moving toward finding greater purpose and joy and also paying their electric bill. Those things, are yeah. important, you know, simultaneously, simultaneously both and yes. Yeah. Um, don't die wondering is your advice. That's don't beautiful. Wondering. Yeah, that's beautiful. Okay. Let's talk about the enlightenment of bees. All right. As I mentioned, I am an avid reader and whenever I possibly can, I pop into bookstores and I spend hundreds of dollars. Like, yeah, no, it's just a guilty, a guilty pleasure. And bless you. You are the independent bookstore's best friend. <laughs> yes. And so uh, normally I, I normally what I do is I look at a book and this is what I'm like in target or maybe the library, look at a book. And then I go on Google and I go and look at the reviews and then I decide that way. But what drew me to your book was First of all, the cover is just bright and shiny and full of joy. And then it said autograph copy. And I, I, I didn't, I didn't go any further than that. It was like, it was, it was calling to me and I love holding a piece of art, a piece of writing, um, in my hands that was in the hands of the creator. And I think that I was meant to walk into that bookstore. I think I was meant to pick up this book. I think I was meant to like have my phone in my purse and not be able to like just dig into more because I didn't want to dig into more. It had, your book has everything. It has everything that I possibly could have wanted. Dream, you know, love, heartbreak, friendship. I love the friendship in this book. Um, death, family dynamics. And in the middle of it all, what I read, and I know everybody's going to read a book differently. What I read was the core message of living on purpose. And I'm curious, I'm always curious how authors come up with their book. Can you tell me where the story of, of this whole book came from and how, how purpose weaves its way through the whole thing? Mm, well, I'm so glad you wandered in to. Oh my God, me too. Found it. That's so fabulous. Yeah, I love the cover too. I feel like I want a swimsuit out of it. Or oh, yes. One. But those bright yellow and white stripes are like the cutest. Uh-huh. Um, you, you really have picked up the core theme of the book. The core theme of the book, if I were to sum it up, is about finding your sweet spot in life and finding the spot where your greatest, your greatest gift meets the world's great need. And so it is about living on purpose. And it's about also, it's quite autobiographical. So I got broken up with when I was picking out my wedding dress. I got chased by a shark. I had this um, there are there are a lot of autobiographical elements, and Mia's story is really, in significant ways, my story in saying how do we come to grips with the thing that we love, being enough, and embracing that, and then how do we use the thing that we love to meet the world's need in some way to change the world for better. And so she goes on this, you know, she has her whole life planned out, all falls apart. Uh -huh. She goes on this whirlwind around the world 
humanitarian trip and she's really searching for her sweet spot in life. And she's searching to find greater meaning and purpose out of what feels like the ruins of her plans. And what she finds is that her purpose has been there all along. Her purpose is her passion. And then she is able by the end, hopefully this isn't a spoiler, to really figure out how to use her passion um, to make a difference in the world. So that's, yeah. that's the backbone of the story. And that's the backbone of my story. And so um, there are a lot of similarities. Absolutely. Yeah, you picked up on the main theme. Oh, yeah. I talk, oh, yes. I, that, do I get stars, like points, gold stars? All the stars. Like Perfect. <laughs> awesome. I talk a lot about living pre, pre my story, pre panic attack, really living on default, really checking the boxes and going through the motions of life, right? Having the kids, getting married, buying the house, owning a business, all the things. And, um, that was a, a default way of living until I found myself in urgent care. And all of a sudden I had to kind of decide what I wanted to do. And I started designing versus living in default. And, mm-hmm. and what you say on the back is sometimes a shattered dream leads to an amazing journey. And it is, I think, I hope everybody can see a little piece of themselves in Mia and hold a little bit of hope and have a little bit of inspiration to begin to use what you said, your passion and purpose already is, it's already inside you to design the life that may not check all the boxes that you had planned for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, you mentioned mother Teresa, obviously in the book, Mm -hmm. and then you mentioned her here. Is she an inspiration to you as well? She was and is. Yes. So when I was a teenager, I definitely, I was reading mother Teresa's books and I had quite a mother Teresa complex in terms of wanting to, um, you know, go, go to India and save small children in need. And, um, and I, I wanted, I was really idealistic and I really wanted to be able to give in those big ways. And then, um, And I still want to give in big ways, but I want to do it as I've matured and sort of come to grips with my own humanity, my own limitations, my own gifts and lack of gifts in various areas. I, I, it has kind of been tempered by, yeah, probably just maturation and years and realizing I'm not going to be mother Teresa, but I can still have the same heart to give wonderful, good things to the world. And then to say, okay, how do I do that in a Rachel Linden way instead of a mother Teresa way? And I think that's so beautiful because I think one of the problems with social media is how can I do it in her way Uh or his way? How can I do it in their way that they're just showing up on social media and doing the thing that you want to do versus how can I take the core of why I want to do it her way and take the core and morph it into how I do it my way. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Do you know what your life's purpose is? Do you have it in like a, I I have a little bite-sized aspirational statement and this is an aspirational statement, meaning this is not, this is what I'm trying for Not what I'm necessarily living up to every day, but my goal is that I tell the truth in a beautiful way that changes lives. That's my goal. And so I want to tell the truth as I see it. And as I understand it about the world, about humanity, about what it means to be a soul in this world and to tell the truth in a beautiful way as, as 
as true and beautiful as I can present it in a way that hopefully touches and changes the lives of people who are reading. Well, you're doing it, my friend. Thank you. Absolutely. You're doing it. I love that purpose statement. So tell me, you you mentioned, okay, we talked about the sweet spot. I really want to know, you have a brand new book that you said to me before we hopped on and pressed record that it might be your favorite. It's my favorite. I love this one so, so much. Yeah, it it, it comes out on the 2nd of August. So we're like nine days away, eight days yes. away coming. And it's called The Magic of Lemon Drop Pie. And it is my favorite. I'm kind of obsessed with it right now. Are your books kind of like babies? Like, are you supposed yes. to? Ha- okay. Yes. And you're not supposed to have a favorite child, but I don't think it's a bad thing to have a favorite book. And I totally have a favorite book. I love my children equally, but I do not love my books equally. And I love this new one the best. Tell us, tell us about the magic of lemon drop pie. Okay. So the magic of lemon drop pie is about a pie maker, Lolly, who leaves everything, including an engagement ring and her dream career in London when her mother dies unexpectedly. And she goes back to Seattle to care for for her father and younger sister and try to keep their struggling family diner afloat. And then 10 years later, she's given the magical second chance to redo her three biggest regrets in life and live three days as though she'd made different choices all those years before. And the whole question is, can Lolly regain the life she still longs for and the love of the man that she cannot seem to forget? Oh my God, that's amazing. Such a fun one, I love it. That is such a fun one. And I, and you know, that by the time this podcast comes out, it will be available on wherever you get your book. Can I ask you, how do you come up with these stories? I'm always so curious being an avid reader. How do brilliant authors like yourself find the inspiration for these magical, magical books? Oh, thank you. I, I don't think I'm brilliant, but I do think I'm like a seagull. So I think authors are like seagulls. They look for shiny things. And mm-hmm. so we're always looking for story ideas everywhere. So I get it all. I get a lot of story ideas by just reading the news, reading BBC, reading interesting articles in the Atlantic, and I'll bookmark them and I'll write it down. I have this little file on my computer that says story ideas. And I'll just write down a sentence like, what if such and such happened? And uh, so this one, the new one, the magic of lemon drop pie came out because I was on a flight from Nashville to back to Seattle. And I asked the question, I scribble it on one of those little beverage Delta beverage napkins. And it said, what if you could redo your three biggest regrets in life? And that was the impetus for the entire story. And I couldn't let go of that idea because we all have regrets. We all have things we'd like to redo. And what would it look like? What would the implications and ramifications be and the outcome if you could redo your three biggest regrets. And here's a little spoiler, but the whole point of the book is that we can't redo the past. We can only take what we have and move forward and do the best we can with what we've been given. Oh my gosh. Um, do you read Liz Gilbert? I don't think so. Wait, Elizabeth Gilbert? Yes. Yes. And her inspiration, like how the inspiration, yes. Yes. Like I'm thinking of big magic and how inspiration comes and if you don't like grab hold of it and have your little love affair with your inspiration it will find another vessel to be born and so I love that you write you take like you take the creativity and you take and you write it down you put it somewhere and it maybe some a story will be born Mm -hmm. 
but you're grabbing them. It sounds like you're just grabbing all the inspiration that comes your way, Mm -hmm. all the ideas so that it doesn't slip. And then I put it in my mind like a rock tumbler and just sort of let him tumble around sometimes for a year or two, just kind of seeing what sticks. And a lot of things at the end of the day, I'll think, you know, I don't think I want to spend two years with that. That's not interesting enough, but there will be a few that just, I just can't get out of my mind. They just sort of stay there and I'll tumble them and tumble them. And then I'll think, you know, okay, actually I want, I want this to be the next thing that I am, um, am making into a book. So yeah, that's how, that's how it happens. And I talked to a lot of women who are, uh, who have a dream of writing a book. And I know you mentioned, you know, that it was, um, a bigger process than you imagined in the beginning. And do you have any advice or thoughts for someone who's listening? Who's like, I want to do what Rachel's doing. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. That's a, that is a long and interesting, uh, question. Yeah. So essentially, I think it's important to ask yourself, do you want to do this as a career or do you have a book, a a story that's important for you to tell for your family or for people close to you? Because those are two really different things. Um, With the rise of so much good self-published, so many good self-publishing options, everybody can write a story and everybody can have it pretty inexpensively and easily accessible for friends and family if they want to. If they want to do it as a career, that's a a much longer haul. And then it's important to know things like, what is your genre? What is your audience? Do you want to do self-publishing or traditional publishing? There's some basic questions to ask yourself to know the direction that you want to go. But um, I think there was a study some years ago, and I think something like 80% of Americans believe they have a book inside of them. And that that's a beautiful thing because we feel like we have a story to tell and we have something to say. And in um, the age of digital publishing, we can say it that's accessible to people in a way it never has been before. I have a book from my grandmother, my beloved grandmother, who I grew up with. She passed away uh, a year ago, year and a half ago. And she wrote down her childhood memories, handwritten in a journal for me. She did one for me and one for my sister. And that was what she left us was this in her handwriting, her stories, her earliest memories, things like my first sin. And she'd talk about stealing a piece of penny candy or, and, um, so that is, if, if my house were on fire, that's one of the first things I would grab after my children and making sure my husband and dog were out. Like I would grab that as one of the things because it's so precious to me. And so I think for people that are writing, feel like they have a story inside of them. Who do you want to reach with that story? And then that will really influence what direction you take and where you're going. And so that gift that your grandmother gave to you was her book for the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was her book for the world. And it was for us, for you. Yeah. Need tons of people to read it, but she wanted her grand granddaughters to have it. And it's beautiful. And it's such an amazing look now that she has passed. It is an amazing look at who she was as a young person when we didn't even know her. So it was a big gift for us. That's a big gift. That's a beautiful gift. I love that story. Thank you for sharing that. So where can... First of all, where can our listeners find you and hang out with you, get to know you a little bit more? And um, and where do you recommend we go grab your book? Mm, okay, so they can find me on Instagram. I'm Rachel Linden 
dash writer or Rachel Linden underscore writer. You can just look it up. You'll find it. Rachel Linden writer, I think. And then um, on Facebook, I think I'm author Rachel Linden. And then they can always go to my website and that's got fun things. I sometimes post, I post events. I sometimes post recipes. It's got an Instagram feed and they can sign. And so that's rachellinden.com. But you can also sign up for my newsletter and you get a whole collection of recipes that I love that I've collected either from my childhood or around the world. And it just comes to you free when you sign up. So if you sign up for the newsletter, then you about four times a year get fun, exciting new things that are about books and free gifts and whatnot. So awesome. Yeah. So those are those are fun options. And there's also a way to contact me on the website because I love to hear from people personally. I hear from people all over the world and it makes my day when someone's like, I read your book. I'm in such and such. And so that's really fun. And then uh Oh, where to buy. So you can buy it all over the place. Online um, is convenient. And, but honestly, I love independent bookstores. So if you have a local independent bookstore, that is the best way to support your bookstore and authors are to, um, to get books through the independent bookstore. So that's what I would recommend. Perfect. Thank you. And I, hate to wrap up this, this interview, because I feel like I'm gaining so much wisdom and could keep asking you all the questions and getting advice and help direct me, but I, because it's just, it's just amazing to talk to someone who's able to tell a story with so much purpose. I I'm, I'm in awe and inspired. So you're welcome, but I have to wrap up. So I ask all of my listeners, the same question, Rachel, what does living on purpose mean to you? It means making, being intentional and making choices with your time, your energy, your talents, your resources, uh, to put them toward things that feel important to you. So to me, it means, uh, I read this fabulous book this year called the ruthless elimination of hurry by John Mark Comer. He's a, a pastor in Portland. It's a great book. It's faith-based it's got great principles in it, but it's all about eliminating hurry from our lives so that what's left are the things that we're intentionally choosing to spend our time with. And so after I read that book, I took Facebook off my phone. I took email off my phone. I started leaving my phone on do not disturb and really trying to focus on being present and um, not trying to multitask because I'm so bad at multitasking. And that has been wonderful. And, you know, I live on this sweet little island where I can just look out the window and look at the sailboats and just try to say, okay, let's take the whole re- the resting heart rate of my life and let's take it down a bit and make sure that where I'm putting my energy is useful, effective, and enjoyable. <clears throat> the resting heart rate of my life. Beautiful. Rachel, you're a gift. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. This has been absolutely delightful, delightful, right up my alley. And I'm so glad you wandered into the bookstore and found my book and contacted me. Thank you for having me. Me too. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Living on Purpose podcast. It has been a blast hanging out with you. If you love this week's episode, please hit that subscribe button. That way you won't miss any future goodness we throw your way. Craving community and connection with like-minded badass women? Feel free to join us in the Living on Purpose Facebook group. And of course, the best gift that you could possibly give is an honest review on iTunes. All right, that's it. Until next time, always keep living on purpose.